You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, founder and principal attorney at Sapphire Legal, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we're talking with Joshua Fredenberg of Vision XY about the millennial generation and its impact on the workplace. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. You're listening to Workplace Perspective an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Welcome back to our listeners, and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Joshua Friedenberg. Yes, great to be here. Thank you for having me. We're really excited. So before we get started, though, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so uh, my name is uh, now Dr. Joshua Fredenberg. Oh, would yes. you like me to call you doctor? <laughs> <laughs> so I just, uh, just attained my doctorate. Uh, well, I'm attaining it this June, graduating in about a week and a half. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, so Dr. Joshua Fredenberg. All right. Um, I'm a national speaker, author, TEDx speaker, and president of the award-winning Circle of Change Leadership Experience. And my specialty as a speaker is leadership development, diversity, inclusion, uh, retention, millennials, and generational issues. All right. Well, millennials is what we're here for. So arguably, I think uh, one of the most studied generations in history and deemed to really be a societal force, I think. And um, undeniably, the workforce is talking about it. The workplace is talking about millennials, about their behaviors, their attitudes, their beliefs. And as the workplace really strives, I think, to, you know, understand and engage with this extraordinary generation yeah we at workplace perspective we want to weigh in on the conversation so that's why we had you here yeah we're really happy to talk about the topic good to be here good to be here yeah thank you for having me so let's start out about why don't you just talk a little bit about what is the millennial generation and how is it defined yeah so when i deal with millennials again i come from original research um there's a lot of differences when it comes to numbers um but when i look at the foundation of it i go from those born between 1977 and 1994 um, so if you look at research, there's other things that are out there. Some people say all the way to um, 2000. Um, again, when the original research came out with millennials, um, I think it's pretty difficult to start studying someone when they're eight years old. That's just a whole other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and so often, like, say, you know, 1977, 1994, uh, there are certain people that don't like that because they don't want to be considered a millennial. Like, no, 1982, 1983. Um, but I like to say 1977 <laughs> to 1994. Um, I think that's one thing to understand about the millennial generation. As you said, definitely the most researched generation that I've heard about in American history. Yeah. Um, some have predicted by 2020, 50% of the workport, workplace will be millennials. Uh, 2025, 75%. Um, also, we know there's people that have nothing but positive things to say about millennials. Right. And you have that have none but negative things to say about millennials. And so yeah. um, I think there's, there's truths to both sides. 
Um, and I think the real big thing that I think is really intriguing to me uh, from a from a scholarly standpoint is the diversity of millennials. Um, what's really interesting, don't get a lot of, people don't talk about, is that 42% come from African American, Asian Pacific Islander, well, Asian American Pacific Islander, or Hispanic heritage. Really? And there's not a lot of talk about that cultural diversity of the generation, which is huge and in itself can really affect the data, can affect the retention, even how we go about doing things in the workplace. And if we don't address almost half of a generation uh, with the right perspective, it can really create some challenging situations. You know what excites me about that statistic is this idea, and my hope has always been for this generation, because without even knowing that, they are very interested in diversity and being socially conscious and all of that. And for me, from a workplace perspective, right, I hope that that generation sees a, a really drastic reduction in the claims of harassment, discrimination, retaliation based on various protected classifications just for that reason. Right. You know, dealing with transgender issues, for example. Right. So a lot of companies are yeah. now dealing with... Tra- but the companies that I've been dealing with, the feedback I've been getting, yeah. and they have a lot of a younger workforce, <laughs> is this is, has not been an issue. Right. We're more worried about outside of the organization perspective or right. some of our, you know, some mm-hmm. of our other divisions, you know, it's been yeah. those sorts of comments, but I'm, I love that statistic. I think that is awesome. Yeah. And I think it'll be even more with generation Z, which a lot of people aren't talking about. So, um, I assume that, you know, when you deal with social justice issues, when you deal with diversity and inclusion, um, I definitely think that, well, I don't, I don't want to say baby boomers or Xers have not been progressive in that sense because I think they've done a lot of great work as well but I think that the millennials have taken to a whole nother level Yeah. and I think you know what I was going to say as we get more toward the end I think one of the benefits is this whole thing of equity and equality I think that's going to be big with millennials um, I expect a lot of laws to actually shift in certain directions um, when it comes to the millennial generation and I think generation Z is even more meticulous you know now when you go on a college campus they're very big on pronouns you don't hear a lot right. about that in the workplace right. you know but now pronoun- we are yeah okay now it's yeah. starting to get there so pronouns is a very big issue and people get offended if you don't say the right pronouns um, and there's people that believe in diversity and inclusion don't necessarily agree with pronouns and so you have a lot of you know, ch- yeah challenges yeah. there but that just gives you part of the, the, the progression as far as diversity and inclusion is concerned. Well, we really are, and you study this, and we really are products of our generation. Yeah. I, I don't know that, and that's why, you know, when you and I were talking about coming on the show, we said, I don't want to bash, I don't want right. to bash anybody, because I, I really do think that each generation in and of itself has its own positives and negatives. Right, right. But we're all a product of society at the time, mm-hmm. things that were in our control and out of our control. Right. Which brings me to, okay. so tell me, Give me some significant impacts from your perspectives that millennials have really brought to the workplace. Yeah, I think one is um, the impact of social media. Um, yeah, definitely. And yeah. as it relates to business. Um, I remember when I went to school, I went to school in 1997, graduated in 2001. Um, so we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Snapchat. That was not even in existence when I was in school. So I remember the email. Um, I remember when cell phones were big. I remember the pager. 
nowadays with this generation, Facebook was crappy 2003 to 2004. And then from there, everything takes off from there, right, with social media. And now we're discovering from a business standpoint, if you're not involved with social media, you are affecting your bottom line, you're affecting your profitability, you're affecting your influence. Even nowadays, influencers are playing a big role in marketing and in sponsorship. How many followers, how much engagement do you have? Now we have social media jobs, for instance. So this wasn't, this was not even happening until millennials really started to come in to the workplace. Um, I think another one is leadership styles. I think the leadership styles with millennials is different from uh, the previous generations. Uh, based on my research, I've definitely seen some specific differences as it relates to leadership that I think that um, companies or managers need to make an adjustment in if they're going to be effective with this generation. Um, one example, I always share this story, I think it's pretty pretty unique, where there was a, uh, about several years ago, I was doing a presentation, and a guy came up to me, and he was a father, and he, his son was a millennial, and he started bawling in tears. And I said, why are you bawling in tears? He said, because I've realized my son has not responded to me for so many years because I've been using the wrong leadership style. He said, when I was younger, it was a seek or swim mentality. Either you sink or you swim. But nowadays, they want you to cuddle. They want you to encourage. They want you to support. <laughs> they want you to mentor. They ultimately want you to be a parent. And I have not been doing that. Therefore, it's not, it's not causing the right response with my child. And so at that point, it was very clear to me that, you know, if we don't adjust our leadership styles and the way we do things, then we're not going to get the most out of a generation. Um, I also think complexity-wise. I think that this generation is so is, is diverse. And, and Generation Z is more diverse. I mean, you have 42% of a generation that comes from a culturally diverse background. Right. So, you, I mean, that's just complexity. That deals with upbringing. That deals with values. That deals with perspectives. That deals with socioeconomic dynamics. I mean, they're just, they're just it's much more complex. And so when, even when we do research, I think we got to be more, more, um, more specific, I guess is a good word. Because a lot of times when you look at generational research, a lot of people have always just said, well, this is a dominant generation, so that's who we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna research. We're not going to worry about a certain group of people. We're going to leave those people out because we're only worried about the dominant generation. Well, with this generation, you can't do that no more. You got to make sure that everyone has a voice and you got to really enhance your sampling because if you just go at that same model, you can miss out on 42% of a generation, which, by the way, is making lots of money, which is very impactful, which is very huge, which is very influential with millennials. And if you're not hitting that target, or you're not giving them a voice, it's going to affect your bottom line. Well, I think that's an interesting point um, because my, my question has always been, so how do you... Well, it's an interesting phenomenon, right? It has sort of shifted to this idea that all of a sudden, why are we paying attention to this generation when mm -hmm. for years it's been, this is the workplace, right. this is how it goes, you come here and fit in. Right, right. And now there's, there's a shift. And so how do you honor, right? How do you reshape that workplace and honor all the generations? Because we've got four generations in the workplace right. at, this, at this point in time. Yeah. So how do you do that without... You know, the older generations going, well, nobody right. cuddled me. And by the way, we're not encouraging cuddling in the workplace. Right, I want right, to be very exactly. clear about that. But, <laughs> right? So the older generations yeah. got their issue, and, and that's creating tension in the workplace. And then you've got this younger mm -hmm. generations, and now the Z generation coming out, right. going, this workplace doesn't really speak to me. Yeah. And it's causing problems with retention and all that mm -hmm. other stuff, right? So how do, you, how do you honor that? Yeah, I use a concept called cultural intelligence. And cultural intelligence um, is the ability to learn about different culture or even different people and then to use certain strategies to connect with those people. So, for instance, because we're so diverse, not just in culture, but in, in gender, in sexuality, in age, um, in political perspective, religious perspective. I mean, we're, I mean, we're just we're, we're diverse, right? right? And a lot of times 
we don't understand. We can't always base our decisions based off stereotypes, based on media, based on data. We got to get to know people and build relationships. It's a cultural intelligence. Is it really the foundation is taking the time to learn and understand and then being willing to make the modifications necessary to create positive cross-cultural or, or just positive relationships in general. So a story I like to use, I was in Hawaii. And I was doing it, and that's a great place to do a, a presentation, right? <laughs> Sign me up, buddy. Sign yeah. me up. So I was doing a pro one of my presentations on Generations Unite. And so under this program, I talk about being culturally intelligent. And so I had a Generation Z, Millennials, Baby Boomers, and Xers in the room. And so when you look at the research, you know, they talk about the best ways to communicate. You know, Baby Boomers are in person, face-to-face. -face, yeah. And Gen X is emailing. And Gen Y, uh, Gen y what tech, not texting, or social media. And then one is texting. So there's these different ways to communicate to this generation. Right. So um, I go into this. I have an activity. I say, okay, I want you to get in different groups. And what I want you to do is tell me how you like to best be communicating to because I want to see let's find out if it's true as it relates to this group and so we went through the room and they were talking they were writing this thing down and then I asked each group and the first group was the baby and they said you know we like face-to-face -face communication and then Gen X said we like face-to-face -face communication and then the millennial said we like face-to-face -face communication <laughs> and then Gen Z said we like face-to-face -face communication and so at that point all of research had just been debunked <laughs> Because these people all like face-to-face -face communication first. And I use that example because I think, I think you know, data is important. And obviously, there's some truth and some, some validity to what is already researched and set out there. But that's not always the case with individual people in your organization. And so in order to unite different generations, although you have the data and you can use the data to make certain decisions, at the end of the day, you got to get out of your office and you have to talk to people. And I think that's the challenge. We have created sometimes a system where if you're an executive, stay in your office, keep the door closed. Only oh, yeah. certain people can talk to. I'm an elitist, and and again, you know, again, you know, that worked in years past, and, and it went really good. And this is just, you know, we're at a certain level, therefore we don't talk to you. But in the yeah. 21st century, with millennials, they're like, I don't care how high you are. Matter of fact, I want to talk to you, and I want to learn. I want to be mentored. I want to have the support. And so there, that that's that's part of things that are shifting. And also, what I was going to say, I think is important. I think even in dealing with good leadership, good leaders build relationships with everyone in the organization. Absolutely, hold that thought. Okay. We're okay. going to take a quick break okay, okay. and we'll be right back. Okay, awesome. <laughs> As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives? The question is what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us. Like us. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It sure means a lot to us, and it ensures that more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. <laughs> 
Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about millennials in the workplace with author and speaker Joshua Fredenberg. Yes, great. So I want to go back just a little bit because something you said struck me funny because I, I use this all the time. Okay. When people want to bag on millennials and they don't talk to one another, and I say, look, it's not a generational issue. Yeah. Well, it is and it isn't because right. there is an entire generation of older workers mm-hmm. who think that email, texting, IM is the next best thing right. to slice bread because they haven't wanted to talk to anybody for years. Right, right? exactly. That's so true. Like, right. Wow, I can sit in my office. Don't bother me. I'll text you. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. So it's not. It's true. It's, everybody's got to pull together. And, and I think there is so much value in that face-to-face communi- you know, so face-to-face communicating. And there's yeah. statistics that say that in the absence of facial recognition mm-hmm. and body language, the recipient of the nonverbal communication takes everything in the negative. Mm, wow. And if you think about that, it's it's kind of true. I mean, right. how many times have you looked at an email and said, well, I don't like that tone. Right. That's, because, true. You know, <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> you don't know what the tone is. They don't, you know, it's exactly. There. Read it between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. So this I, this idea of transforming the workplace, what's an employer to do? If they want to say, yeah, Joshua, I think you're right. Uh-huh. I want to transform my workplace. Right. Where, not that we need a, pl- a blow, blow by blow, right? Right. Yep. But what's a starting point? What do you think is a significant starting point that would appeal generationally? Well, I think number one, if you think that your workplace is going to be the same for a hundred years, you're you're really missing the boat. <laughs> you know, I think that's number one. I think I think I think people change and they evolve. Um, I believe it was Charles Darwin that talked about um, it's not the strongest that survive, but it's yep. the one that's most adaptable that survives. Exactly. And I think one of the great, from a business standpoint, is blockbusters. You know, I remember when Blockbuster was on every corner. I remember when going yeah. to the Blockbuster store and you get video. I like video games and, you know, popcorn food. They had all the movies and new releases. It was awesome. Um, but what happened, there's a new generation that realized I don't have to go to Blockbuster to watch movies because I can pull up now what we call Netflix. And I can just go on Netflix and watch videos. And because Blockbuster was unwilling to adapt or unwilling right. to change or unwilling to evolve, they go out of business. And so I think the first concept is you have to be willing to adapt, you have to be willing to evolve, and you got to always be learning. So the concept is learning never stops. Like you right. never know everything. So it's like how could it's, it's, I like this notion um, that I like to say when I deal with excellence that excellence is not a destination, but excellence is get, trying to get better every single day. And I think that's the same true with organizations. How can we be better every single day? How can we serve our customers better? How can we be more effective? So I think that's number one is, 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 is are we, do we have a culture that's been set where we're consistently improving, we're consistently moving forward, we're consistently thinking of ways, how can we get better? And I think even more importantly, how can we create a workplace that is conducive for people to reach their fullest potential? Now, this is where my whole concept comes in. Yeah. I like to use the concept of a winning culture. And I'm a sports fan and I'm not a <laughs> Patriots fan, but I think... <laughs> I think one of the awesome things about the Patriots is that no matter who comes in there, they seem to win. You know, I mean, you know, obviously we have Tom Brady and we have Bill Belichick, but there's some Super Bowls that they weren't won by just Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I mean, this year you had the receiver Edelman. I mean, he had an incredible game. In years past, you had a safety or a cornerback out of nowhere that got an interception versus the Seahawks. So, so that's that's conducive of a winning culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, how can we create a culture that is conducive for everyone? And I don't even have a sense of belonging, but to reach their fullest potential. I mean, I think that's what companies want. You want people that are coming to work that are excited. You want people coming to work that feel support. You want people coming to work that, you know, when they come to work, they're better because they're there than not being there. I mean, that right there, that's a good that's a good concept, right? Is my culture or is my workplace environment so incredible that an individual realizes that without that culture, they can't reach their fullest potential? Right, because don't you think these things that 
the millennial generation is famous for you know wanting right. diversity D- and leadership and mentoring and and these you know right. social you know social responsibility and transparency yep. in an organization absolutely i look at those things and i think isn't that truly what everybody wants right what every employee wants from an organization that's true i think with millennials there's a more a little more demanding about it well they're certainly more vocal which is good i mean it's pushing change so i think that's and not only that, dynamic they're like i will leave your company well yeah and they're I, they're using their I, feet right i think that's the big thing is they're yeah. like they I, and i don't want to say that baby boomers are gen xers or they're not smart but i think that I, I do believe that generations now are smarter than previous generations just because of Google and what we have at our fingertips. They know more. It's just TV is – there's more on television. I mean some of the stuff that my daughter has access to, I didn't have access to when I was exactly. when I was younger. So yeah. I'm not saying that they're smarter. I'm not trying to put no one down. But I do believe that there's more access. Uh, there's more awareness. There's more things that they can they can learn about. And they realize that I don't have to work for your company for 30 plus years. And um, I also realize that we're a hot commodity and the person who wins the talent world millennials is probably going to win in the future because of our impact. And I know you're doing what you can to get the best talent. And so there's other companies that will offer me better if you don't take me. It's interesting as you're speaking, I'm thinking they're almost, it's, it's almost a generation that's not this idea that you need to change for them, but they're almost like the canary in the coal mine, right? right. Yeah, right. Like this is a bellwether. Right. And so you need to, you need to be listening. You need to, you know, we need to be thinking about it and not in this mindset that, well, we're catering to this generation at the expense of another. Right. Because that's not what I hear you saying. And right. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just how can we make it better for everyone involved? Um, and I think, you know, there's some big things that are involved as far as meaningful work. That's a big value to millennials, you know, that the work oh, is yeah. meaningful. Like this notion that I, and I'm not, you know, nothing, I understand you got to pay the bills. So I don't want to be disrespectful in any way, but, but millennials want some sort of meaning. Like, I, I don't want to just go to a job for 30 plus years and I look back at my life and I didn't do what I was passionate about. I didn't do what I would love to do. You know, I think right. this is very important to millennials. And that, and the idea that it's, it's, it's bigger than that. It's, it's, what does it mean to, to, to work? Right. Yeah. You know, we're going to be great. having some shows coming up talking about that because I love that idea. Yeah. This, there's a big case that came down that sort of changed everything. They, the definition of an independent contractor, which forced a lot of organizations to bring on employees. Right. Of people who were not employees before, they're independent contractors. But it's generated what I hope is a really interesting conversation about what does it mean to work? Right. Does it mean a body in a chair, nine to five, Monday through Friday? It almost seems ridiculous in this age where... That's all shifting. Because you've got everything. I, I mean, I'm not saying every job can be done virtually. Right. It can't. Absolutely. But what does it mean to, to take advantage of those things in a flexible manner? Right, exactly. And I think flexibility is important. Um, I think I yeah. think millennials want flexibility. I mean, I think people like to be flexible, like to do different types of things, uh, like quality life. But there's different. Some people just want to work all day, too. I mean, I think, yeah. that don't you know, there's some millennials that want to work all day. They love their career. They love what they do. And I think I do believe success comes with hard work. I still don't I don't think you can yeah. get away from that. Um, I think you do have to work hard, but it's how you manage your time. I think that's the more the important thing I think when we do with the workplace. It's not necessarily that the work's not getting done. It's just that we don't need to go nine hours. We can do it quicker. Right. 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 So like, so for instance, um, nowadays I don't have to get, I don't have to text every single person to get a message out. There's systems in place now where I can upload the numbers and send a text within two minutes. Right. So right. these are some of the differences and the evolutions that actually make things easier. But as, as everyone knows, people don't like change, especially you don't understand it. 
Oh yeah. Right. So you're or you doing feel this... it's against you, or it's not in your favor, or you right. Know. Exactly. Yeah. So that could be the challenge. But I just, you know, I think uh, again, leadership is about navigating the gifts. What are your strengths? What do you do well? I mean, I often say, you know, and and this is the thing, millennials want mentors. So right. this whole notion that they don't respect authority, that they don't want to, they don't want to follow no one. That's I don't agree with that. I think the challenge is the person in authority is probably an ineffective leader. And if they were more effective and they were more supportive and they did more feedback and they're willing to make more sacrifice, I like to say a servant leader, I think that that could be a major shift. And Absolutely. that's the difference. It's it's going to challenge you to give more as a leader. Absolutely. Because you have to give more feedback and you have to right. help and you have right. questions. And, you know, that that poses the, 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 the new challenges. Absolutely. Well, Joshua, we are out of time. Okay. I have loved talking to you. Right. It's been great. I want to thank you so much for joining us here and sharing your perspective. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. If you uh, want to learn more about Joshua or Vision XY, you can find them on the web at visionxy.com. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-X-Y.com. You can also connect to Joshua via our website at sapphirelegal.com slash podcast and clicking on episode 24. I want to also thank our listeners, my radio angels, James and the Nave at Night, our workplace team extraordinaire, engineer Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Michelle Hardy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Versaloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective, and until next time, keep raising the bar.